Hey everybody, this is Shalane with Hey Did You Know? And this week I'm going to be speaking to another teacher, but this time this teacher is from the state of Georgia. Now, like last week, I'm not going to reveal her identity, but I definitely wanted to interview this teacher because I wanted to have the listeners compare experiences of what's happening as far as returning back to school between the two different states. But before I get any further into this, let's go ahead and get a little housekeeping out of the way. So again, thank you so much for listening to my podcast. This podcast can be heard everywhere where podcasts are hosted. That would be Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Transistor FM, Spotify, and other platforms that are out there but yeah social media wise you can go ahead and you can find me on instagram as well as facebook at hey did you know and then on twitter you can find me under shalane demrest okay so without further ado let's go ahead and get into this interview Hey everybody, this is Shalane with Hey Did You Know? And like I said, I have a special guest today. I am interviewing a teacher which will remain anonymous. However, this is someone from a completely different state. From what I understand, she is a teacher in probably one of the bigger um, counties. Am I saying that correct? Yeah, the school districts in in the state of Georgia. In the state of Georgia. So um, just to give a different perspective as far as how this pandemic is affecting teachers everywhere. So without further ado, I'm just going to go ahead and have you come on. So thank you for coming. How are you? I'm well, thank you. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. You know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Within the context of a world global pandemic, right? We're all in this together. Right, right, right. And then some. Right, okay. So I'm going to go ahead and just get into this. So how long have you been teaching, if you can say that? How long have you been teaching? Yeah, absolutely. This is my 17th year. Uh, This is my eighth year face-to-face. I started in middle school for three years. And then after the birth of my son, I taught um, online um, at a a virtual school, Mm -hmm. uh, working for the state as a state employee for seven years, completely virtual. That was 100% virtual. And then went back to -to face-to-face schools um, and I have been in one of the largest high schools in the state of Georgia uh, for about seven years now. Wow. Okay. Now, just completely off, because I'm just, you know, you said something interesting. You have a child. Is your child in school? He will be attending virtually. Uh, okay. our, our county gave us the option to do 100% virtual, uh, hybrid uh, make your own kind of your make your own hybrid school is basically what it is. And then um, 100% virtual. But the, the caveat was, once the semester starts, and you've made your choice, you're locked in for the semester, you cannot go back and forth between those options. Right. Okay, interesting. So has school started? In- so um, within our school district, the we have pre planning at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and normally, our pre planning is only like uh, three or four days before the kids come back. Um, but it's extended this year. And I, you know, I don't, I'm not a board member, so I can't read their minds, but I I assume that the intention was to give us a little bit more time to prepare for all of the madness (laughs) uh, that we're supposed to be ready to deal with. Um, And it's, it's, I, I am very proud of our school district for 
offering a choice to parents, because I think that's important as a parent of the school district, and I'm grateful that I got the choice to keep my son home. Uh, but on the other hand, I was not given a choice as a teacher, and um, I, the experience that I've had, and, and it's true of education in all facets, is that you know they say, the administration and the school board say, things are gonna happen this way, but when things are rolled out and in practicality, they really come out in an entirely different way. For example, you know, they said that uh, they were going to supply us with cleaning supplies, the, mm -hmm. the classroom teachers. Mm -hmm. um, and then when we started school, we've been back for a couple of days now. Uh, you know, the questions come up, well, where are our cleaning supplies? There's no cleaning supplies. And we've been told now that we will not be supplied cleaning supplies, nor will we be supplied any kind of 70% alcohol-based hand sanitizer. We have like mystery foam. <laughs> I don't know oh. You know, the, the little dispensers where you yeah. push it and it's like yeah. a sanitizing foam, uh -huh. um, but that's not 70% alcohol-based. Oh. Um, and, but, but the interesting thing about that is that uh, the reason they cannot do that is because, and I teach high school, the kids were drinking the hand sanitizer. What? <laughs> yes. so, like, you have, to, you have to laugh and you have to, have to care a little bit about these administrators and the board of education and the superintendents because mm -hmm. they're dealing with scenarios that are almost impossible to please. They, I strike that. They are impossible to please everyone and deal with all the issues. There's so much that we don't know. We don't know how to prepare for, mm. you know, that, that aren't even on our radar. Like this whole thing about the kids drinking the hand sanitizer. Oh my God. Like, None of us thought about that. Wow. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's Welcome to high school. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me a little bit about, um, you, you also said something interesting. You weren't given the option. Um, the other teachers that I've interviewed, they said, they had an option. They had an option to either, you know, um, apply for virtual um, online teaching, you know, to could just completely be virtual or go back or stay home. The one th um, thing that the, the one teacher said that she said that if she decided to go back, but teach from a classroom, that it wouldn't be necessarily empty, that she could still probably have face-to-face students wow. in her class and teach online at the same time in the same class. So what were your options? Or if you, if you didn't have any of me, how did you feel about that? So um, I was not given an option as a high school teacher in my county. Uh, we were told we will report face-to-face. -face, um, and as of right now, we are not being given a choice at all. Um, it is my understanding that the elementary school teachers, unbeknownst to the high school teachers, were given a choice of whether mm -hmm. they wanted to um, teach face-to-face -face or not. And I think that was strictly out of need because we did not have, we have a county virtual school and we have a state virtual school. Um, the county school is obviously taught by teachers from our county, which gives uh, a great deal of, um, of, uh, of um, I, for lack of a better word, um, comfort to parents because okay. they know who, who's teaching their children um, and that they live in their community. Uh, and we have that virtual school for the county set up for um, six through 12. So middle school through high school mm -hmm. and not for the elementary school. So they needed elementary school teachers. So they were offered the option. Um, high school teachers were told, get your butt, you, you're going to report or, um, and in our county, they did say, if you have a pre-existing condition, let us know. 
we'll try to accommodate you as much as possible. Now, I do have a pre-existing, I have two pre-existing conditions, and I did notify my administration, and it was kind of a, well, thank you for letting us know. <laughs> and that's all there was to it. What? Um, yeah, but I don't think there's malice in that. I think that they're so overwhelmed. Teachers are overwhelmed. The administration is overwhelmed. We're doing the best. And um, I think that we just need to be patient and kind to each other as we go through this as best we can. And so I'm trying to take that approach. And I keep reminding them. But um, in a neighboring county, it could be worse. Um, In a neighboring county, they were told, you have no choice. But if you decide you're not going to come back because you're afraid of the consequences, health consequences, Um, we will not pursue you. We will not seek retribution. So as a teacher anywhere in the United States, you're licensed by the state um, and they can revoke your license for a number of different reasons. And one of the reasons is that you don't honor your contract. And all of us have signed contracts that are binding. Um, And in a neighboring county, there is a a teacher who I know personally, um, and it was in the news recently, that she went to her high school and said, I'm sorry, I don't feel comfortable. And they said, thank you very much. You no longer have a job. But the good news is we're not going to revoke your license for the rest of your life. Well, thank you. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Don't yeah. do me any favors. Jeez. Yeah. So, so I feel trapped in that way, though, too, because um, even if it was a good relate, like if it ended well, which I would hope that we'd be able to negotiate that. Um, and they said, hey, you know, we're not going to pursue um, retribution for not honoring your contract. My job is gone. I don't have a job next year then, mm-hmm. you know, in addition to not having a job this year, if that's what I would choose to do. So um, I am taking a very wait and see attitude where, you know, I have uh, another week. They gave us an extra week to prepare. And uh, I'm, I'm taking wait and see attitude to see how many kids are actually still enrolled in our school. Because it's my understanding that almost half have elected to go 100% virtual at this point. Um, so I should have smaller classes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but they told us you should be prepared. You could have 34 kids in your classroom, hmm. which means no social distancing. Right. And our, our, in our county, they're not requiring the kids to wear masks. Oh. The staff is required to wear masks, although that doesn't seem to be being honored by all staff members. So that's going to make things tough. <laughs> wow. Okay. So again, this is why I wanted to interview a teacher outside the state of Florida, because here, the two teachers that I interviewed, you know, when I asked about their coworkers wearing masks, you know, they were like, no, pretty much everyone's on board. You know, they may not like it, but they're wearing masks because we understand the gravity of the decision. If one decides, you know, if students see their teachers not wearing a mask, what makes you think they're going to want to wear a mask? So, you know, they're all on board, but to hear that, that's troubling. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say, I I would say, I'm I'm sorry, a small minority, Mm -hmm. (laughs) a very small minority of of teachers who are not wearing masks, but it's like, it's, it's so disappointing. And it, it is the administration. I mean, we, we had a, our first day of school, we had a meeting in the cafeteria of everyone in our school. Well, I teach at a school that has 3,000 students and close to 250 teachers. So there were about 250 teachers and administration in our cafeteria. Now, I would say 99% of them were wearing masks, but a lot of the administration took off their masks, not just to present, just when they were sitting at their tables. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, there were some staff that just refused to wear masks. I mean, it was a handful of people, but they were there. Hmm. Now, I'm curious, since we're talking about masks, all right, so your mask that you wear, is it a mask that you've purchased somewhere or is it, or in other words, and you see all, like I myself, I have 
I have a pretty mask. My mask has sparkles on it <laughs> and it has a filter insert. So I have my filter inside of it. But um, do you, are the teachers wearing the mask, like the, the disposable mask or they're, I mean, what kind of mask are people wearing at your so, school? So um, we, we will not be supplied any PPE. They did tell us that. I do believe that the academic booster club at our school is buying shields for all the teachers, which I thought was very kind. And the admin did buy like spirit wear masks that, but they don't have a filter in them and they're, they're, they're cloth. Mm -hmm. um, I personally bought um, a bunch of cloth masks I haven't had a lot of luck with the masks because mm -hmm. every time I wash them, they seem to fall apart. Oh, um, so I, I'm right now. I'm just wearing cloth mask. I wear it whenever I'm outside of my room. Yeah, I mean, I've been told buy an N95 mask, but trying to find those is really tough. What are your thoughts or your opinions about? Other people who feel that teachers are just, you know, the ones who don't want to go back to school, you know, they, they, they're just lazy. They don't want to go back. Why should they get paid if they don't want to go back to a brick and mortar school, you know, save taxpayers money and, you know, just, I mean, what are your thoughts so on is, that? Yeah, so, so I, I just want to paraphrase to make sure I understand. So, so are you asking, um, how do I, what's my opinion about people who say that virtual learning is not really, or virtual teaching is not really teaching? Oh, no. I have people who are compl um, complaining about, I don't understand why teachers don't want to go back to school. Oh, Lord. Because, okay. because your, yeah. your essential workers, your first responders, your Starbucks bar yes. um, barista, they've, you know, they're, we're out working. So why can't teachers go back? What's the big deal? So, so a couple of things bother me about that. Number one, so a lot of people, their argument is that we're first responders. We are not first responders legally. We are first reporters. And that is a very different thing. A first responder is legally always on duty. Like if you talk to a police officer, even if they're off duty, they are considered legally a first responder. So if there is an emergency, they are legally bound to deal with the situation, right? Mm -hmm. As first reporters, we are legally bound to report any issues, legal issues or any issues of violence. So like, for example, um, if I suspect that a child is um, suffering from domestic violence or abuse at home, I am legally obligated um, to report that within 24 hours to an authority figure of some sort who can act upon it. Now that could be, you know, a guidance counselor, that could be my school admin, that could be a police officer. So um, I have had nurses who kind of come at me with an attitude saying I'm a first responder and I should be ashamed because I don't want to teach face to face. Mm -hmm. um, and we're not, we're not medically trained. You know, as it is right now, um, we are asked to throw our bodies in front of your children. If there is a uh, active shooter, you know, we do active shooting drills. Mm -hmm. um, which is, which is horrific enough. And we did have lockdowns two or three times last year, usually, and that's pretty average per year of, um, with threats of violence. So that's bad enough. Um, and you know, there was this talk of arming teachers. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't, I don't want to have to carry a gun to teach a child. You know, yeah. all of us teachers, if you talk to them about why they are teacher teachers and what the profession of teaching is, it's, it's, nurturing children to be their best and to give them bright futures, however that, whatever that looks like, right? Mm -hmm. um, we are not medical providers. That is not our background. I, I, I do not feel comfortable making the decision, is this child sick or not? I'm not medically trained to do that, to make that mm -hmm. decision, nor do I want to put my family at risk because, and I'll be honest, it, it, it pokes me a little bit when people say that teachers provide childcare. Like I understand yeah. functionally, we do. We do for all intensive purposes because 
your child is in my care. But it, it's, it's such a double-edged sword because at the same time, you know, I've had situations where um, I've had students in high school skip my class and I've reported them to the administration because you're supposed to be in my class. And if you're not in my class, I'm worried about your well-being, right? Mm-hmm. And then I've had parents come back at me with bad attitudes um, saying, well, my child has the right to leave campus whenever they want. If they need to, you're not their parent. Hmm. So you can't, you can't have it both ways. Am, right. I, am I an educator who's there to teach your child or am I uh, an authority figure in their lives? where I'm responsible for childcare. Mm-hmm. Um, you, can't, you can't have both because we're, we're professionals. We're, and yes, I am going to care for your child like I would care for my child in my classroom. I'm going to give them everything I can. I'm going to make sure they're safe. I'm going to make sure they're not in a bad situation. And, but at the same time, I'm not, I'm not paid. I didn't go to school and my training was not to be a parent. Yeah. And I don't want to be your child's parent. You're their parent. And part of being a parent is childcare. Mm-hmm. Being an educator is educating children. They are two different things. So how do I feel about people when they say <laughs> that we're being lazy? Um, it's insulting. It, it personally hurts my feelings. Uh, I've, had, I've shed tears over this. Um, it's, it's like insult to injury. We're already disrespected in so many ways as a profession. And then to have somebody come back and say, I'm being lazy because I choose my health and the health of my family over the big, the biggest insult is that there's a choice. We can be virtual and everyone can be safe. So it's insulting to me that you tell that people tell me I'm lazy or that I'm, I'm a coward because I won't go back to a face and face environment where my life is literally on the line because you you want your child to have the social benefits of, of engaging with other students, which by the way, I want you to know they're not going to get because that's <laughs> not the school systems are telling us, you know, the way that children engage with each other in an educational environment, they do group work, they do partner work, um, we do class work together. Those things are not going to happen when we go back to school because kids can't get close to each other anymore. We just talked about this the other day where I was, I wanted to do typically the first day of school, you know, we want the kids to get to know each other. I was going to do this little crazy worksheet where they walk around and ask each other funny questions, you know, find someone who likes the same movie that you like you know, that kind of thing. And one of the other teachers was like, well, how are they going to ask each other the questions? They're wearing masks, hopefully. They're staying six feet apart, hopefully. How are they going to walk around the room? The room is full of desks. So do we go out in the hall and they stand six feet apart and shout at each other through masks? How is that going to work? So I, I think that everyone needs to understand and, and give a little forgiveness all around. I am more than willing to forgive all the naysayers who say that we're lazy um, or that we're cowards because I understand that they have a different perspective and that they need us to provide childcare. I get mm-hmm. that. I understand. I don't know all the, all the solutions, but I also ask that parents who come from that perspective also give a little bit of respect and value to the lives of educators who could potentially die by going to face-to-face school. I mean, I ran the numbers for our school alone. There are over 3,000 students in my high school. If you just go by the percentages, if 10% of them get sick, that's 300 kids. Now, that's not a lot. I agree. But it's still 300 kids who got sick. And then if you apply the 1% of those who pass away, which is like the, from what I understand, the 
the going rate percentage that die from this, that's three kids. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't sound like a lot, but what if that's your kid? What if that's a kid in my class that I love, that I've had in my class for the last three years, that, that we've shared meals together and laughs? Like, I would be devastated if a child in our high school died. Just one. It's too many. Mm-hmm. Well, I tell you what, you basically answered the next question I was going to ask, which was, you know, your final thoughts, but you did it. So with that, I I think I'm going to close it with that. (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, that's great. That's great. Um, That was your platform. And I, and I, and people need to hear that. Parents need to hear that. People who don't have kids who don't understand what the big deal is, they need to hear that. And that's why I'm doing these interviews because thank you. You're, you're not being heard. Thank you. I appreciate that. So. And then, so if, if I could offer a, a final thought, sure. Um, I, I wanted to bring up a, the other thing that's kind of been laid on the table by um, people is that they should get refunds for their taxes. Oh, if you, I don't know if you've heard that or not, um, because it, for the where, where teachers are teaching from home, um, a lot have of parents, not a lot, but I've been hearing the clamor of people asking to. Um, to get their taxes back. And I have to tell you, teachers and administrators and superintendents are working harder than they ever have when we go virtually. Because, and not a lot of people understand this, but when we're in the classroom and we're interacting with students, we're usually interacting with all students at the same time. So if we get the answer to a question wrong that we're going over with the whole class, I can give feedback to the whole class and say, this is why we got it wrong, right? Mm -hmm. And then work with students individually, like the smaller group that maybe still don't understand. In a virtual environment, I have to grade every single item that comes across my desk with individual personalized feedback. So in a way, virtual learning is more personalized, more individualized, and maybe more effective than classroom instruction. But imagine the amount of work and time that goes into that versus, you know, something that I can do in five minutes in the face-to-face classroom will take me three hours online. So Mm. please do not accuse online teachers of not working. Um, And it is not, you are not homeschooling if you are just getting your student to go online. If you are not preparing the lesson plans, if you are not a subject matter expert, because don't tell me that you can teach economics better than a a high school teacher who has a, a PhD in economics and many of them do at my school, who grade, who give individualized feedback and allow for remediation. Uh, If you're not doing all of that, you're not teaching. Teaching is a highly skilled profession. Um, So please, parents, do not say that you're homeschooling unless you're doing all of those things. Okay. And we love you. <laughs> I like Keep how you put, that. you put that little bow in the end. I love it. <laughs> I really don't want parents to think that we're the enemy. We're not. We're parents too. We have the same concerns. We have, we have the same goals and aspirations for our own children and for your children. Like we wouldn't be educators if we didn't like yeah. kids. <laughs> and our, our parents are our community. We, we love and depend on them. Mm-hmm. So it is heartbreaking that, that there's such alienation going on right now between all of us. Yeah. Well, I will leave this interview with this thought that the second teacher said, and when she said this, my heart just, I felt like someone kicked me in my chest. It was like so profound, but she, I'll paraphrase. She said, I can teach from a classroom. I can teach 
from a computer, but I can't teach from a coffin. Oh, God. Exactly. And it, it sounds extreme, but if you think about it with the way that these numbers are, I mean, like you, you yourself said, you know, 300, you know, that might get sick. And now that 300, three might die. That's three too many. That is three too many. I when agree. You, when, you know, all you have to do is just, you know, think of the greater good instead of just thinking, well, I just need to get my kids out of the house so I can go ahead and, you know, do what I have to do. Now, I understand single parents, that's a, that's a really shaky line for them to walk because they're single. They don't have anyone else to take care of the kids and they have to work. Well, and I think that's part of it is that um, we're, se- we're all selling ourselves short, all of us. Mm-hmm. There, there are creative opportunities here, and, and I'm not the smartest person in the world, and I won't pretend to have all the answers, but some of these things that we're talking about um, under the radar, like these pods, like I know in my, in my neighborhood, um, through the community Facebook page, uh, we have hooked up groups, small groups of students um, in elementary school, like three or four students um, with teachers who live in our neighborhood who are going to go over to the house, to one house, and they're going, the, the students are still gonna learn online, but that teacher is gonna sit with them and answer questions and help facilitate lessons. Um, and I don't know who, if they're paying, if the parents are paying them or the school district is paying them. I don't know how that works, but I think there are opportunities here that we, we need to number one, not sell ourselves short and be imaginative and see where we can, what middle road we can find. And number two, I think that, um, oh my God, we need to keep in mind that this is a a short term thing. I know it's been way longer than we said it was going to be, but they're already talking about vaccines that are being proven that they can work. And um, rumor has it that vaccinations could be starting as early as January, which I know is a long time, but it's not the rest of your life, Mm -hmm. you know? And these kids, I know, I have a child in high school right now. I am heartbroken that he is missing all the wonderful opportunities and memories that he would normally have. But it's, it's one year. It's a short-term sacrifice for everyone to survive and get through. All right. Well, thank you. I, I could tell I, I hit some hot spots because I, I yeah, you're a good interviewer. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? You have to be heard. And you, I know, are speaking just, I mean, for the thousands of teachers that are in Georgia. And I'm, you know, you're not the only one who feels how you feel. You're, you know, you just happen to be the one that, you know, I happen to encounter. So thank you for your time and thank you for your service. I mean, as a veteran, I get that all the time, but you guys are out there in the trenches. You're there on the front line and I bow down to you. So thank you so much for. Thank you. Thank you. And stay safe too. Okay. All right. Take care. Much love. Wow. 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 Man, that was a powerful testimony from um, the teacher that was from Georgia. Again, whoo, that was close. I can't reveal her identity. I, I understand the seriousness of the situation, but like I said in the interview, teachers need to be heard. I don't feel like they're being heard. And I'm hoping that the interviews that I am presenting to you guys so you can listen and hear, it's not that teachers don't wanna go back to school. They love their jobs, they love teaching, they love your children. They just wanna make sure they are doing it in the best environment that's safe for them as well as the children, okay? So again, that's gonna be it. That's a wrap, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Feel free to send me a message through um, private message, either through my Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or you can just go ahead and um, 
you can go ahead and email me at shalanedemarest at gmail.com. You know, as simple as that. This podcast can be heard everywhere where podcasts are hosted. If you have any questions or ideas or maybe like story ideas, again, feel free to go ahead and send them over to me. But in the meantime, be safe, be careful, be blessed. Have a good day. Bye-bye.